When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? All right, this one is kind of for Cap because, you know, he's been divorced. And I saw at the L.A. Times that Brad Pitt is suing Angelina Jolie over the sale of the winery they uh, where they got married. So what they're saying is that she didn't have an authorization to sell her part of the winery, and he feels that he's owed restoration. My thing is, if it was hers... Can she do whatever she wants with it? What? It wasn't theirs? No, no, no. So it's theirs. She has a stake in it, and she sold her stake. She, it's like she had part of this winery, and she's like, I don't want it no more. I'm going to sell it. And Brad Pitt's upset about it because he said she didn't have authorization. She didn't run it by him, so he's upset and now is suing her for restoration. Huh. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you this. I don't know the stories. First, I'm hearing of it. So without any details at all, here's an instant opinion for you. You ready, Laura? Mm-hmm. I'm on Brad Pitt's side. Here's why. I figured. Well, here, but let me explain why. Maybe I'll convince you because you're, okay. you're probably on Angelina's side, right? Mm-hmm. She can do what she wants. No, it's her I'm house. actually kind of not. Whose side are you on? I'm on his because she sold it to, uh, according to the story, to a competitor. Okay, so you see, the thing is, we're business partners. We're 50-50 business partners, in Mm -hmm. in theory. Now, you go sell your 50%, and you don't run it by me, and now I'm business partners with somebody that I may not want to be business partners with. That's kind of the point, yep. Yeah, so I'm with Brad Pitt. Yo, BP, I'm with you, dog. BP. Okay. Well, the the issue, though, I guess, is that she's listed on it, and like she's listed as the owner, and Brad Pitt's... Ownership is an oral agreement. Oral. And then there's nothing on paper. Oh, yeah, you got to have it written down, dog. You should know better. Yeah, now this is this changes things a little bit here. This changes things. He's saying it, that he put in most of the work for it to be successful, too. Oh, really? Not her. Mm-hmm. Really? So he gave, like, his money. He did all the work. Said, this is our thing, because he probably figured they'd never break up. Idiot. But then she was technically, like... You know, their his whatever oral agreement they had is just like not going to hold up in court. They're saying, yeah, no, of course, if you got a written thing over oral thing, that's going to for sure hold up. Wow. Um. All right. Well, there you go, kids. Always putting in writing mm-hmm. somewhere. Even an email is better than no. no. Napkin. A text. I, honestly. I never. I don't. You can't put everything in writing. You know? That is you true. You get in trouble sometimes. Yes. 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 I mean, you gotta be. Care- that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resorts and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, I'm going to have a quick conversation about the Lakers, but we also, um, there is, we're going to have to do a Sedano and Cap investigative report on some breaking news that has just passed my desk. Ooh. Okay? So, at in the next segment, maybe even by the end of this segment, we will do that. But I do want to get to the calls that may still be there. Um but there's going to need going to be a need for a Sedano and Cap investigative report, and I will tell you it has to do with Mason and Ireland. Okay, 
That's, oh, that, juicy. That, this is that good. Is, that is the uh, that is uh, the deal. So, real quick, um, I've been listening to the station today. Oh, Laura, do you have that sound, the Travis sound, too? The callers or no, yours? No, the one from me. Yes, I got me. all that. Yes. Okay, yes. all of that. All right, let's do the callers first and then and then me after because that'll punctuate it as – we'll punctuate it with some fun. So, I'm listening to Travis and Sliwa, which was Travis and Clinton today, which Travis clearly has goo-goo eyes for Clinton. Uh, Sliwa, watch your man is all I'm You're saying. You're saying he's got a real man crush for Clinton Yates. I mean, you can just hear it in his voice is all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Okay, mm-hmm. we can get to that later, though. So, I'm hearing these callers call in, right? And it's like every caller's like, LeBron, blah, blah, blah. He's blah, blah, blah. Negative, negative, negative. You know, he's great, but negative, negative, negative. And Kobe wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And then I'm like, next caller's, blah, blah, blah. Negative LeBron, great, great. Yeah, but he's not a Laker. Kobe's great. Kobe wouldn't do that, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, bro, really? Like, why are we doing this? Like, why does it, like, Kobe, LeBron's need to be Kobe. Kobe doesn't need to be LeBron. Kobe is gone, man. Like, unfortunately, it's the saddest thing ever. We've mourned him here. Unlike, and and what I would add is this. Kobe Bryant is one, if not the most important athlete to ever don a, a jersey for this city. He is arguably that person, okay? I would make the case that he resonates more than any athlete that has ever been in this city outside of Jackie Robinson, to be honest with you. So that's pretty damn high praise. However, let's not do revisionist history, okay? Kobe made mistakes, like the way him and the organization did business at times. Like Kobe literally was filmed at the dawn of camera phones in 2007 when some kid was like, hey, Kobe, should uh, we trade Andrew Bynum for Jason Kidd? He's like, bleep, yeah, we should trade Andrew Bynum for Jason Kidd. <laughs> Kobe asked for a trade. He almost went to the Clippers. Mm. Like, like, let's not act like none of this happened because this notion of the, the callers were both saying, talking about accountability, and Kobe took accountability. Man, listen, Kobe was not happy, but he was under contract, and Dr. Buss took care of business. And told him, just trust us, we'll get it done. But, you know, Kobe suffered, like, on the basketball floor for a couple years because the Shaq thing couldn't get fixed. That's on both of them, but it's also half on Kobe, too. So what I'm saying is Kobe is beloved for obvious reasons. And 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 the Mamba mentality is something that all of us take to heart and can be applied to any walk of life, no matter what it is you do. But let's not act like people aren't human and they don't make mistakes about business. So... When I heard that, like, play one of the calls that they got, Laura, because, again, it's basically the same call over and over and over again I heard on that show today. They, uh, it's not that we think that uh, LeBron James isn't good or that we don't accept him here. It's just he doesn't really take accountability for any of the stuff that he does in comparison to, like, Kobe. Kobe would be more transparent where he doesn't take any accountability for anything that he did, like bringing in Westbrook, he, and then he wants him to be traded and puts it all on the GM. I mean, again, I love Kobe Bryant. He is arguably the most important athlete in the history of this city. But did he take accountability when the team wanted him to sit in a meeting with Dwight Howard when Dwight Howard was still in his prime and wanted to leave the Lakers? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was not ideal for the franchise. So, like, again, everyone makes mistakes. So I'm not trying to vilify Kobe, okay? And I'm not trying to 
like pit LeBron and Kobe against each other. But Cap, I feel like that's the constant conversation on this radio station, and I don't get it. Like, they're completely different people. And by the way, both have erred in things they've done in their basketball career. Yeah, I think that, especially in today's day and age of, of the NBA, we use this phrase, player empowerment. Um, today, it, it feels like players, superstar players, and let's just focus in on LeBron, that the players have more power and, um, and more voice inside their organization. Again, I, I say they, but I really should just be talking about LeBron. And yet... No, but it's not just LeBron. Look at what Ben Simmons and James Harden just did. That is true. Um, ben Simmons pretty much didn't want to play for Philadelphia, and so he gave his reasons as to why he wouldn't or couldn't, and James Harden will either eat his way out of a place or injure his way out of a place, and guys who are unhappy find their way out now, um, find ways to make moves. But, why, again, I don't understand, though. Forget about that. Like, why do we have to pit LeBron and Kobe against well, each there, other? There's, I, I let, don't let me understand get, that. Yeah, let's was get it, back was to it that. Because, but was it because they were contemporaries? Is that what this boils down to? I think it's because Kobe was a Laker from the beginning yes. until the end. Right. And while there were certainly speed bumps along the way. Ultimately, they got worked out. Kobe won another title post-Shaq and finished his career in spectacular fashion. I don't mean the season or the team. I just mean the last game. And then, of course, as you pointed out, George, you know, the tragic death. And so when you, when you look at the totality of Kobe Bryant's career as a Laker and you look at LeBron James, who, as I've said many times, did a business transaction by becoming a Laker, combining forces. I think, generally speaking, Laker fans like LeBron because he's a Laker, but if he leaves and goes somewhere else, they'll go back to not loving LeBron. They love him while he's Oh, no, but I don't even think they team. like him all that much even having him here, to be honest with you. I think Laker fans are appreciative of the fact that LeBron brought a championship back to the Lakers. But I think if we polled 100 Laker fans and said, are you good now? Like, are you done with LeBron? Are you ready to move on from LeBron? I'll bet you'd be pretty close, like 51-49, 52-48, in favor of people saying, you know what? He delivered. We won. We got that championship. And now I'm good because I don't like what yeah, has happened I, 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 to the roster over the last two I, years. I just don't get it. Like I, I honestly just I don't get it. But all right, He's I'm gonna the get back to the best player. Yeah, I don't I, I don't get it either. But you yeah, know, we'll talk yeah. about this more after the break. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, but real quick, all right. So I heard a bunch of those calls on Travis and Sliwa, and I just wanted to bring it up because I I just don't under I can't comprehend why you want him to be someone else and and i don't understand why you would want anyone to be someone else everyone should be their own individual you're saying you, why people want lebron to be kobe right and 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 again uh, it's again everyone has made missteps along their way in business including kobe um i, I again no one's infallible um but it, so anyway i i just didn't understand it and but what i did was i punctuated that conversation when i called in about and i brought up similar a, a similar position basically um, but I punctuated by letting Travis know that I've got my eye on him, that I, I can hear it in his voice, and I can see the googly eyes he's making at Clinton while Slee was away. While the, uh, the cat is away, the mice will play, basically. And that, you know, Travis is looking at Clinton with uh, hard emoji eyes, 
right? And and Sliwa needs to check his man. Is all I'm saying. So play that, Laura, real quick. All right, Travis, I, I, you be Travis. You be careful because I see you making goo goo faces at Clinton. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell Sliwa that you're making goo goo faces at Clinton. All right, I'm out of here. Did you get my uh, my text, Yates, with Hold the on. hard eyes that I sent to you? So, <laughs> no. Yes, Clinton completely uncomfortable there with that laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's like, Sedona, why are you doing this to me? Uh, Travis going to the Dilemma Mall, huh? He is. Okay, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Clinton is that, you know, he's that that lady at Lululemon. You know what I'm saying? So. Do you think Sliwa is tuning in at any time while he's off here during the All-Star break to, to tune in and go, gosh, it sounds no. like Travis no. is just absolutely loving Clinton. No. No, I feel like Sliwa is uh, was doing whatever he's doing with his lady friend, with Mrs. Future Sliwa, and then probably also like breaking down the pick and roll between like Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Well, I'm I'm glad he is because when he gets back on the air, presumably tomorrow night when the Lakers take on the Clippers, let me tell you something right now, George. You talk about a must-win situation, and I say must-win not for playoffs, not for record, just to convince the fan base. Hey guys, we're not done yet. We've taken our break. We've we've caught our breath. Things have been said, but we're going to start a run here on the backside of the season. And when you're playing the Clippers after the way the Clippers beat you last time when LeBron wasn't there and he was congratulating Mr. October, the Lakers need to win tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I think a lot of, they're all must win now pretty much moving forward. Um, all right, speaking of moving forward, a lot of Uber drivers telling us they move their front seat forward to avoid people sitting in their front seat. Lindsay sits in the front seat uh, of the Uber. Or she asks the Uber driver. So we've asked drivers or people who are passengers, what do you prefer? Is one weird? Donovan and Sherman Oaks real quick. Donovan. Yo, Donnie. Yeah, I've been dri- yeah I'm here. George, you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm here. I've been driving for seven years. Ever since COVID, I have put my seat up so no one sits up here. But I didn't mind it because it's nice to uh, connect with passengers at times. Okay. But, you know, so it's all good for me. As long as, you know, we have conversations, sometimes I sing along with them. Because I always okay. got some tunes on. <laughs> they enjoy that. So it's pretty cool. You know, especially okay. late night. Once I had a few drinks and I'm there ready to go. <laughs> so the music, we're harmonizing. It's okay. always a good experience, in my opinion, when okay. that happens. Okay. All right, Donovan. Thank you so much, man. Uh, for, thank you for, for listening. For what it's out. worth, Sedano, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not cap where I'm like, I get in the front seat every time. Like I said, I get car sick. And I no, take no, and you ask. You ask. Yeah. I want to ask people because my brother-in-law drives Uber sometimes, and he said that, like, he hates when people sit in the back. So, I don't know. I'm just, like, thinking, that, like, if they don't want to, I don't want to talk to them either, you know? Okay. But. Just trying to make them feel more comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's why I ask. When the car. Uber driver pulls up and they say, hey, I'm here to pick up Scott. I'm like, hey, do you, do you mind if I sit in the front with you or would you prefer me to sit in the back? I'm I'm considerate and polite about it. But if I have my choice, if I'm by myself, I prefer to sit in the front. Alex and Anaheim, real quick, before we, uh, we, we move on to the Sedano and Cap investigation we're going to have to do about the Mason and Ireland show coming up shortly. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm talking about the the Laker fan uh, thought on LeBron. Uh, I'm fan. When he came by, I saw him more, obviously, and he's a great player, especially what he's doing now. But and you know, not to compare. Well, I'm I'm comparing, but it's just the mentality, like like uh, the, the other game, three points down. He goes up for three free throws. 
and he misses. Like, you know <laughs> Kobe's on, not going to do that. I, I mean, Alex, huh? I get it, but people miss free throws. I mean, Shaq missed a ton of them when he was here, right? You Unacceptable. Didn't complain, Unacceptable. You know? I mean, <laughs> I, I, Alex, yeah, thank you, though. For, uh, thank you for the call. We're we're up against it though, but I, I get call. what you're saying. You're, yeah, it's not a but, good call. I mean, let's be honest. It's just not a good no, call. No, he. So but me. But that it's was just, just like call. that. Clearly shows like he don't you don't like him because Shaq missed a ton of free throws while he was here though. Alex, the worst. You know, like, By the way, the Lakers just generally speaking are a terrible free throw shooting yes, team. Yes, they have been in a for a long time for right. many years now. Like not even like not a joke. Like hey, no, even before seriously, LeBron. it's one yeah. of the things they should be practicing here during this break. Like, yeah. work on your free throw percentage. Get it up over 80%, yeah. why don't you? Yeah. yeah, but Alex, cap is mean. Thank you for the call, and uh, thank you for listening down in Anaheim. I don't um, mean, honest, whatever. I mean, you're mean. It's just a bad call. Go to break. Com- compliment people with good calls. Alex, thank you for the call. Cap is mean. All right, yeah. um, we'll be back in a couple minutes for our Sedano and Cap investigation on the Mason and Ireland show. They are There is something going on there that everyone on this station needs to know about. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday to my man, O'Shea. Shout out. And I also love a good piece of toast, man. I got to be honest with you. Just as long as it's not banana bread toast, apparently. What? See, the other thing about banana bread, we had this conversation wait, yesterday. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Taking yeah. a 20 here. I'm putting both my hands on my shoulders. What do you mean banana bread toast? I'm about to explain this to you. Sometimes you take the banana bread after it's already been done for a day or so. You cut yourself a slice of banana bread because it's a bread. It's not a cake. Even though it really is a cake, it's just the difference between the way you slice it. Like a cake gets sliced kind of like a square or a triangle. But banana bread gets, gets cut like a piece, like a loaf of bread. Sometimes you take the banana bread, you put it in the toaster, you heat it up, you give it a little bit of crunch, it adds to it the next day, especially with the chocolate chips, because then it melts a little bit. And the mushy bananas are really good. So banana bread toast. You understand? No, bro, that's gross. I don't think anyone who even likes banana bread That's do nasty. That. Yeah. Why? Was heated up is nasty? I just, that, all of that didn't sound like, ooh, I want to have those calories. <laughs> Let me tell you guys what I'm going to do for you. Let me tell you what I'm going to do for you people. When we get back together in the studio, whenever that may be next, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my 15-year-old daughter, Julia, make the bomb AF banana bread. I'm going to bring it to you guys. Now I feel bad because I can't say no to a 15 I'm not going to say your daughter's banana bread sucks. Yeah. No, if it sucks, it sucks. You tell her. No. It's okay. No. But, but I promise you. If you just don't like it in general, because we had this conversation when we were talking about like tacos and other foods. Like if someone just doesn't like a certain food, you can't be like, no, yeah. you have to eat this. And I promise my version of it, you'll like it. Some people just don't like certain things. Correct. Okay? Just telling you. Just give it a try. Give it a little taste. Okay. The difference is if you say you don't like it, but you never tried it. If you've tried exactly. it and you still don't like it, that's different. Sedona, you've tried it, right? Yes, of course. Exactly. And he hasn't, doesn't like it. Hasn't tried Julia's banana bread. 
But in general, he doesn't like how it tastes. So move mm. on. Mm. Yes, let well, it go. In this case, toast. In this case, toast. Banana bread toast. That's all. National Toast Day. Happy Toast Day, everybody. And congratulations. How does banana bread fit into a toaster anyway without falling apart? I'm going to have to bring you some so you can see it for yourself. I can't eat it because I'm on a keto diet, but oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are we sure that National Toast Day is actually bread in a toaster versus National Toast Day is like, hey, we're going to have a drink. Let's have a toast. No, no. They mean like bread. I don't know. <laughs> We're all like, okay, Kev. I, I mean, know. there's there's dates where they will specifically write like toast to your blah 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 day mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, so if you want me to find one, I can find the next like. You know what, Cap? Can we toast to Jesse Dorado from Rancho Cucamonga who won the Laker tickets? Hey, oh, right shout on. out to Way Jesse. To yeah. Jesse Dorado, Rancho Cucamonga, going to see Lakers Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I.E. representing. Okay, real quick, I want to get to this Mason and Ireland thing in a second. Okay, but first. Um, at IT, uh, I'm just gonna call him IT because it's, you know, it's a little dicey if I say some of these letters in conjunction with each other on the air. Um, so he says the issue that the media keeps portraying Bron like he was Moses and he came to set us free. Yes, we were trash for a few years, but we had 16 before in caps. He came media acts like we were a poverty franchise. He saved from foreclosure. We take offense. So here's what I would say. Listen, nobody reiterates that the Lakers are the crown jewel of the NBA um, more than I do. However, those trash years, there was a real sense of, and and I, I am telling you this based on what agents and players were telling me off the record, that the Lakers were in a rebuild at the time prior to LeBron. Lonzo Ball, right? Was uh, was here in his rookie season, Brandon Ingram. They brought Mana from Heaven, Contavious Caldwell Pope. That's what Rob Palinka called him. Um, Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle was here, Jordan Clarkson, etc. All nice young players, and maybe they would have gelled into something good, but maybe not. Because, and I'm not comparing the franchises' history, but let's just do it this way. You know who's had a lot of good young teams that, you know have had, like, some fun run, but generally didn't amount to anything? The Clippers, historically, right? Those Lamar Odom, Milton Brand teams. Um, I mean, hell, even, you know, I mean, Chris Paul wasn't young, young, but he was young enough. You know, the Lob City teams were young and fun with Blake and DeAndre and, and then Chris. But, like, so, like, you know, what, what I'm explaining to you is that winning a championship is hard. And what happens is when you've won 16 of them, because you are the crown jewel of the sport, you you kind of take for granted how hard it is to win, which is why when the Lakers went 10 years without winning, most fans can't comprehend what that feels like, whereas for you, as a Laker fan, it felt like an eternity. But the reality is that had LeBron not come back, that drought would have probably been longer because there wasn't anyone necessarily craving to fill that salary cap space that wasn't named LeBron James. So, you know, there were plenty of people who turned down being part of the Lakers, whether it was LaMarcus Aldridge or Kevin Durant didn't take a meeting or Carmelo Anthony in his prime. 
So like, but it's the Lakers. But what I what no, I mean, listen, I get it. It is the Lakers. The Lakers are the crown jewel. But it doesn't mean that even the crown jewel can't go through a stretch of really bad basketball, right? Or not championship level basketball. I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. In the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, hasn't won since 1995, the 96 Super Bowl. That's a long-ass time. But prior to 1995 or 96, they were in a lot of damn Super Bowls, okay? So, and they won a lot of championships. So what I'm saying is it can happen very quickly, and it's hard to get out of. So when somebody bails you out of it, you know, you should be a little grateful is all I'm saying. And it does it's not to demean your history by any stretch of the imagination, but the future wasn't looking so bright. And I think that know. was Plashke's point though today, George, which is where this all got started today with his column in the LA Times. And he said, Look, you know, they've got one championship with LeBron James. I think he said they had twelve championships prior to LeBron James in LA. Mm-hmm. So I think what his point was is that the Lakers are going to move on at some point regardless. And so, again, right, this but goes, what I'm saying is the drought would be more prolonged than absolutely, what it was. Absolutely. Absolutely right. But you're, and you're making a very interesting point here this evening about how no one really was, was clamoring to come play for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, why do you think LeBron wanted to play for the Lakers? I think... He had he had already done everything he could do in Cleveland. He delivered the championship after you know their misery for fifty plus years, and he had a combination of the you know the business side, which we all know, right? And then and then the like the allure of being able to win in the purple and gold. I think that was part of it. We got a break, so if you have something to say, say it very quickly. Los Angeles over the Lakers. LeBron came to L.A. because of L.A., and his choice was the Lakers or the Clippers, let's face it, you know, and he had two choices of teams. He could have gone to New York, actually. I understand, but but he wanted to come to L.A. to be in the, in the entertainment capital. Okay, he what I'm telling you is he could have gone to New York and gotten almost everything he got here from a business perspective. He wouldn't have been in the place where they make all the movies. He wouldn't I mean, have been in Hollywood. You, you could still get, I mean, there's plenty of Hollywood actors who live in New York and get that done. I understand that. But he you know, wanted to come so to L.A. He wanted to come to L.A. because he wanted to have the lifestyle, too. I think that it's I a beautiful that... place to live. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would. So there you go. All right, we got a break because Laura says so. Big deal or no deal? All right, we'll push back the Mason and I- the Sedano and Cap investigation on Mason and Ireland. This is like real serious stuff, okay? We'll do that at 645, all right? But big deal or no deal next in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you, Christopher. Lindsay, what do we got? Well, what we got is uh, some reports that came out today. A lot of people probably heard about this and excited that Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman is expected to leave Fox to become the main analyst for ESPN's Monday Night Football, which... I'm pumped about, you know, being part of ESPN family. It's cool. The New York Post reported that there's a five-year deal on the table with a salary that will apparently, quote, approach or exceed Tony Romo's. And he makes almost $18 million a year for CBS. Is this situation a big deal or no deal, Calf? I think it's a big deal. Really big deal. I'll tell you why. Look, forget about all the movement and free agency, if you will, amongst the NFL broadcasters. But let's just think about it this way. George, you asked me a couple weeks ago after the Super Bowl, why would you think that Sean McVay is guaranteed to come back to the Rams? And I'm like, oh, he's a football addict. He's a coach. He's young. He's making a lot of money. Sean McVay's making $8.5 million a year right now. Doesn't mean he's not going to get a sizable raise. He likely is. But you're telling me that Troy Aikman is going to make $17.5 million a year calling Monday Night Football games on ESPN? What was the deal for? How long for? Five years. Five years, I mean, five years, 90 million. So maybe my math is off a little bit. Maybe it's 18 million a year. But can you imagine if if one of these networks said to Sean McVay, we'll pay you $18 million a year, and you're a coach and you're making eight and a half million a year. I say that Troy Aikman's deal with ESPN is a massive deal because it might mean somebody like a Sean McVay might really consider leaving the sideline for the booth. Because the money's in the booth. Well, think about it. These companies spend billions with a B of dollars to broadcast the NFL. So what's, you know, what's an you know, extra 17, 18 million, you know, when you're spending uh, when you're spending billions every year. So, like, I get it from the TV companies perspectives. But, yeah, it's going to force these billionaire owners to pony up for their coaches. I just have one thought, though, which is this. You could take Al Michaels and you can put him together with Troy Aikman and you could put him on Monday Night Football, or you could have Steve Levy and Brian Greasy call the exact same game, and I just don't think the ratings are going to be impacted okay, I, I, by who I'm the broadcasters tell, I, I, are. No, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, because they're going to get better games because they have Al Michaels I and Troy Aikman. I so disagree with that. I know you oh, said it yesterday, and brother, I so disagree. I, I, brother, I'm telling you that they've made Sunday Night Football the place to be because they gave them better games because they had Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Nah, I'm not so sure I'm buying okay, that Okay, Cap, I, how about this? I am telling you, I, I don't always, you know me, I don't give you 100% assurance on these things very often. I'm telling you with 100% assurance with people that I know that would know this that will tell you that that's how Sunday Night Football back in 2000-whatever became the spot because they gave them the best games. You don't have to, you don't even have to believe me. Go back and go week by week to see what was the best game on the schedule that particular week, and it's going to be Sunday Night Football every I agree week. with that, but I'm not sure it's just because of who the announcers were. That's all I'm no, saying. No, 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 no. The league 
not not the fans, the league will give it to the what who they believe does the best presentation. All right, look, I'm not, I'm going to just tell you I I don't see it, but okay, if you say okay, it, I, then I, great. I, I I'm telling you that I have had these conversations with people that are that know these things is what I would say. I just don't see how ratings are going to be impacted by a broadcast team. I think people watch football for football, not for the no, broadcasters. No, 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 no. Ratings are impacted by better games. And then better games impact ratings. The broadcast team means you're going to get a better game. I'm going to agree to disagree. Okay. Feel free. Uh, big deal. And Cap disagrees, but I know what I'm saying. Just trust me on this one. I'm trust trust you on point. everything, George. I can't trust you on everything. Just, saying, just trust me, bro. Yeah, nah, I, I mean, I, I understand. You, you know what? You don't want to be in the circle of trust. You want to be like, uh, you know, <laughs> Falker and meet the parents. You're out of the circle of trust then. I can live with that. I can live with that. All right. All right, Falker. Oh, my goodness. That's a, that's a new Out one. of the circle of trust. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't agree with what you're saying and, and don't think that the NFL is like, ooh, Al Michaels is on this game. we got to give those guys better games. Sunday Night Football became yeah, the premier do. package because it was on NBC, okay. not on cable, on NBC, network television. Do you, do you want me – if I showed you a text from someone, would you believe it then? Mm, depends on who it's from. Okay, what, this, a person that would know. Show it to me. Okay, I don't have it right now, but I can text a person and, and get the answer that, that you don't believe. Okay. Then, then okay. I, can I get back in the circle of trust? No, you're out. No, once, once, never. Once you're never, never. Wait, wait hold out. on a second. Lindsay and Laura, well, then it, then hold on. This is I not your you circle so. of trust. No, this they're in the circle of trust. Wait, why no, am no, I listen, not? Listen, they're in the circle of trust. There is a circle, there, and it's my circle. I'm in the middle, and then Laura and Lindsay are there to my left and right. You were also in front of me, but now you are. your dot out. is outside <laughs> the out. circle. I'm over here. I'm in my own circle of trust. No, no, you have no circle. You are out. No, I'm in my circle. You're out in outer space. You know what? I'm in my square of trust. You're out. Okay. Different shape. Different shape. Okay. You make up your own shapes. Even though I said I'm staying out of it. So so you're saying that like if for example the Jaguars played the Texans, they would never get that give that game to Al Michaels. Never. Mm -mm. They would never never give him that game. Never. But they would also never put that game on Sunday night. They right. 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 Because it's a garbage game. Correct. You just said exactly what no, we've been telling The point you. is the schedule makers try and create the best games and best matchups, and then they put the best matchups in the premier spots. So the national game for Fox, the national game for CBS, and the networks can decide along the way based on the matchups. But for Sunday Night Football, it wasn't Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. It's NBC. And they go, look, this is the premier game of the week. It so happens they have the most famous announcers. I okay, so you think, you think it was a coincidence. So you think it was a coincidence that Monday Night Football went from being the game, the game that everybody had was watching that had the best game of the week. Okay, you think it was a coincidence that it then went to ESPN and there's been, I mean, a laundry list of different announcers. Um, you know, it started, I believe, with Mike Tirico. Um, and I don't know, Mike Tirico, uh, uh, Tony Kornheiser, and who was the other person in that booth? Um, 
It might have been Gruden. There's probably somebody. No, it might have been even Jaworski before them, right? Like, and 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 Al Michaels went to Sunday Night Football with Chris Collinsworth, and all of a sudden it went from Monday Night Football getting the best game to Sunday Night Football getting the best game. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. Are you and ready? by the way, by the yeah. way, I will also add this into the equation: okay, the fact ahead. that it went from cable or from from broadcast to cable also played a factor. Of course, that's that. what I just said to you moments ago. No, no, from a NBC factor. Broadcast a television. Factor, of course, a it's a factor. factor. But hold on, listen. But the let me ask biggest you factor is who is in the booth. Oh, dude. please, that's nonsense. Listen, let me tell you okay. this. You ready? Listen, right. Thursday night football. Right? There's a lot of bad games on Thursday night football. You know why? Because the league puts every team on Thursday Night Football. You're no, aware no, of they, this. There used to be a lot of bad games on Thursday Night Football when it was on the NFL Network. When they put it on Fox the last couple years, they got good games. It was still on the NFL Network. No, but it was solely first on the NFL Network. Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo called Thursday Night Football games? The original Thursday Night Football group was Brian Gumble calling the games on NFL Network. Right. That, that's true. That's right. But there were bad games. Correct. Because Thursday night was not Sunday or Monday. Because it was the NFL Network, and it nobody was Brian and like, random person in there with him. Nobody was like, hey, Jim Nance is calling these Thursday night games. We better make them good games. There was still Jacksonville-Houston on Thursday nights. Let me tell you something. When Fox got the games, they're like, if we're going to put Buck and Aikman on it, you better give us a good game. I would say Fox was probably more like, hey, if we're going to televise this on Thursday night, you better give us good games. It really okay. didn't have much to do with Buck and Aikman. Okay, well. I'll I'll get somebody. To, I'll and, text and, somebody. and you know what, George? I'll do the same thing. I because I, now you're 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 bringing up something. I have a strong opinion that I don't agree with you. You have a strong opinion that you're right, which is usually about everything anyway. So I will go to my guys. Oh, at Fox look who's getting sensitive! Because you know what? Because dude, you because for you. I'm out of the circle of trust because I disagree. No, no, you're out of the circle of trust because you're out of the circle of trust. Because no, no. I said, because I said, because if I don't me. agree, no, 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 if no, I don't no, just no, agree no, and count no, 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 yeah. And you're out of the square. I mean, you square and you. I mean, that's a maybe marriage, it's man. maybe it's a triangle of trust. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'll hold maybe it. it's a rectangle of trust. <laughs> See, we have a circle because the circle it never Whoa. ends. Correct. Well, you guys, you guys are in your circle. Uh, yeah, I just feel like today was like. I got called bleep face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a great word, though. That's uh, nicer things, I feel like, that you've been called, you know? It, it's know. a great word, too. You said you even liked it, so don't Not only did I like it, when you called me bleep face, I replied to you as bleep face. I Correct. love bleep face. So then? Thank you. There you go. Ay, ay, ay. Now you may be inching your way closer back to the circle of trust. Well, you might, might get into the square of trust. I haven't decided right, yet. Lindsay, we've only done one question for 10 minutes. You want to have another question? Feel free. Yes, let's just do one more really quickly here. Yeah. All right, so HBO's upcoming series about the 1980s Showtime Lakers, it doesn't air until March, but it's already caused a lot of drama. So the series was adapted from Jeff Perlman's best-selling book, as I'm sure you guys know, and a recent variety piece about the show revealed that this has ticked off a lot of people, so much that the NBA is trying to get involved legally over use of trademarks and logos 
And not to mention that the writer of the book, Jeff Perlman, his close friendship with Jeannie Buss is completely deteriorating. He said, nobody in the Lakers organization wants anything to do with him anymore. Is this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? I mean, it's a big deal because clearly the Lakers don't want this show to air. And Perlman wrote the book, so that clearly started all this. And then now Adam McKay is going to write the fiction sort of fictional version, right? It'll take some liberties, I would imagine, from Jeff Perlman's book. So that can't be any better than the actual book uh, in regards to the way the Lakers feel about it. So, yeah, uh, big deal, I would say. I also think it's a big deal. I mean, what is it about this series that we have not yet seen that has the Lakers and the league so worried about what we're all going to watch? What I mean, like I've seen the um, the clips. It's like magic seems to be like the center of the party. W- are we surprised by that? Did we not know that? I mean, From what I understand, it's just like reliving a time where like this great, highly thought of organization, like some of like the behind the scenes things that they want people to not know, even though they know about them anyway. I feel like they just want to just kind of like ignore that and move past it. And the fact that this movie is coming out, it's going to like, you know, bring up old wounds or whatever. That's what I think. I don't know. I think Look, that's, that's probably people, part know? of it. And, I, and I'm sure there's a few unsavory details that are going to come out. Well, so. I, for one, will watch it. And um, I haven't read Perlman's book. I know Jeff not that well, but decently well. And I'm surprised to hear. I didn't know he was that close to Jeannie. I'm kind of surprised to hear that as well. But um, He said he had a close relationship because, with her. Are, are you surprised because you would wish you were close to Jeannie like Jeff Perlman was? Not really. Oh, no, okay. not really. I heard they're in the circle of trust with each other. Oh, uh-huh. no, no, they were were in the circle of trust. Were, now, right, were now, Jeannie probably kicked Perlman out of her circle of trust. He's probably in his own personal square of trust right she now. She definitely did. Yeah, no chairman's lounge for him. So, all right, that is uh, big deal or no deal, and uh, we got to do the cap, the Sedano and Cap investigation. I'm looking forward to this r- report on Mason and Ireland. Something is fishy about Mason and Ireland. And we will get to that on the other side. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Kaplan, are you ready to put your uh, sleuth hat on? I am so ready for this investigation. I love what's about to happen here. Let's do this. Okay, so I've heard occasionally on the Mason and Ireland show where somebody, uh, Greg, maybe Ireland or whatever, has asked him if he was ever a Chargers fan. And he always like Chargers. I'm a Chargers fan. Psh, crazy. Always a Rams fan. So I was a kid in Cleveland. Blah, 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 blah. Or not in Cleveland. In Ohio. He's not from Cleveland. He's from the northern end of Ohio. He's closer to Detroit. Right. 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 He wants to make sure you know he's closer to Detroit than he D- is to he Cleveland. He did say Detroit. Yes. Right. And Ramona made fun of him today for that. Yes. She asked if that was the French pronunciation. Correct. It was. Look at you <laughs> listening to the station. Um, so I. Um, I saw this tweet four hours ago from the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter account, and it says the secret to Venice Mason's success, chug. And it's Mason saying that he's chugging half a pot of coffee 
in his Rams Championship Cup. So I saw that, and I happened to just click on the tweet, and it expanded. You know, so it sees, like, the the tweets that come below it or whatever, like the responses to it. Mm -hmm. And there was one response from a guy named Ryan DePaul. And Ryan DePaul's um, Twitter account says um, that he is a DraftKings fan duel, daily fantasy pro, Mm -hmm. MLB, NFL, NBA, former Angels and current Chargers season ticket holder, baseball writer, politically independent. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I looked, and he wrote to Basin and ESPN Los Angeles and Ramona, who was also tagged in this, a Rams championship cup for a guy who went from a Chargers fan to a Broncos fan to a Rams fan in a decade is just golden crying laughing emoji. But then he had screenshots of Steve Mason, okay? Where would he have gotten these screenshots? From his Twitter, obviously. He went way back. He looked at the receipts. I mean, there's a thing called Twitter search. You can just look it up yourself and find it. So he found these tweets, and it's from Mason. And it says, we need a team here in L.A. I say yes because I want it to happen so bad. Bring the Chargers. The NFL will make money. 4.03 p.m. on September 24th, 2009. Whoa, 2009? Yes. You got to go back and delete those tweets, dude. So then he has another tweet, and then he uses, like, uh, you know, like, you know, on your phone, like, you have the little, like, you can add, like, you can write stuff on, like, like the pictures, you know? Um, do you know how to do that? Or no? Probably not. Not, re- not really. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a little arrow on the date. And this mm-hmm. one is from January 12, 2014. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's from Mason. He says, Peyton Manning once said, pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the hell you're doing. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag recovering Charger fan. Oh, my God. So Mason, who has professed up and down, dismisses the fact that he was ever, I mean ever, a Chargers fan, has a tweet from 2014 that literally calls himself a recovering Charger fan. Wow. You know, it's funny you're saying this because that's one of the things I've listened to Mace, and he's been talking about how he's been a Rams fan like his whole life. Right, he even says, I'll call my mom on the air. Yeah, like, you know how some people are like, hey, I grew up in this part of the country, but I grew up a Lakers fan, and that makes some sense, right? Because the Lakers are a national brand. Right, Right, exactly. Um, But the Rams, when they were in L.A. before they went to St. Louis, if you grew up in northern Ohio, who was it that that made you become a Rams fan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Um, Was it Jack Youngblood? Yeah. Now, oh, they began as the Cleveland Rams in 1937 and then moved to Los Angeles in 1946. You know that, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, they won a championship in 1945, the NFL championship. Lindsay has actually talked about this on the air um, because then, like, your grandfather worked for them or something. I know your dad did the thing, but didn't also your grandfather, wasn't he a part of that? Well, my grandpa, long story short, he they lived right next to where – like the boarding house where all the Rams players lived when they were the Cleveland Rams. Cause that's how, that's how they did things back then. They stayed in a boarding house. So he was friends with a lot of the players and then he owned a car dealership. So he would get like, they would sell cars to a lot of the players. So. Yeah. So, right. They were the Cleveland Rams from 1937 to 1945, which is why Mason saying he was a Rams fan in Ohio makes some sense. But no, he's full I mean, of it. Was he but, a Rams fan in 1937? Did I miss well, that? Well, he wasn't alive then, obviously. But the um, and then they moved to LA in 40 in 46, 
And, um, and you know, they were the first team in Los Angeles, actually, the first professional team. Uh, and then they were here forever, went to the OC. We know the whole story. Okay. Right. But, I mean, this tweet of hashtag recovering Chargers fan in 2014, I don't know. There's something fishy about this ran fandom is what I would say. Yeah, this is something that I definitely think, George, I'm glad you're bringing this to the table this evening because this is worthy of investigation. Let's make no mistake about it here. Steve Mason, I want to call him. Time out. Yeah. Our friend Jonathan Watson. Yeah. You know, he's always listening. He's always helping the shows. Shout out to Jonathan. Much love, brother. Yes, sir. Full disclaimer, he says, one, Mason's partner is a Broncos fan. However, that does not change the fact that Mason has a tweet that says, hashtag recovering Chargers fan. Man, oh man, recovering Chargers mm-hmm. fan. Now look, I know Mason, at one point in his career, probably in the mid-90s. Worked in San Diego. He was in San Diego and kind of the original sports radio station of Southern California. Back in the day, it was called Extra Sports 690. Yeah. Gives you an idea of how long Mason and Ireland have been together. Mason took off, went to New York. Yeah. Phenomenal. Came back. Was also there. Yeah, that's came back though, and and actually also went back to San Diego at the time. So there's a lot of San Diego inside of the Mason DNA, and he probably covered and followed the Chargers for a long time. Right. But now, the Rams come back to L.A. Mason and Ireland have been the sports talk radio show of the L.A. marketplace for all these years on 710. They are the longest-running show in L.A. sports history. Right. They are, as they're called, they're the OGs. See. So, anyway, Mason's in L.A., potentially a recovering Charger fan. Mm -hmm. Rams come home, jump on the bandwagon, become the leader of the Ramley. Mm Mm-hmm. Win the Super Bowl at SoFi. Show he up loves at the parade because he loves football. But the question becomes: Wait, wait. But is it possible? Yeah. That because he grew up in Ohio, that he was a Rams fan because they were in Cleveland, and then they had the fancy uniforms. They lived in L.A. and you know, I mean, or they were in no, L.A. No, he he said so, his parents were like Packers fans and something else fans. But so no, it couldn't wait, be it, from them. It, okay, but it's still possible that because they were the Ohio team initially, um, you know, or one of them. He should have right? just copped up to him and be like, look, I was, whatever, I moved and on. Then, and then when he lived in San Diego, became a Charger fan because, of course, he's in San Diego. He wants to be, like, part of the, 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 the fan base and the team and all that stuff. It's kind of like when Max Kellerman, who I love, you know, claimed to be a Lakers fan when we all know he's a Knicks fan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know. And, and and then he became back to being a Rams fan. Is that possible? We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it is certainly a possibility. But to have these tweets out there and to have somebody go back and find all these tweets. They have the receipts. I'll tell you right now, George, it's embarrassing. Well, you know what? This investigation will continue tomorrow. How about that? I'm going to miss you tomorrow. I can't believe you're going to do the Lakers-Clippers game. You know how much more we have to do about LeBron and about who's running the show? Well, you get to do it with Beto, so enjoy that. He's awesome. So I love Beto. Fun. Can't wait to have yes. Beto on tomorrow. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Perhaps Phenomenal. one day we'll be back in the circle of trust. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, Lindsay and Lauda, excellent work as well. Uh, we will talk to you mañana. Have a great night. See you. Ah. <laughs>